Morning. You are the brave, the few, the proud, the first servicers on Spring Ad Sunday, no less. Nice job. I'm glad you're here. Last week, we looked at the fruit of the flesh, uh, our old sinful nature. This week, we're going to examine the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Uh, so as a reminder of last week's message and an introduction to this week's message, how many of you have heard of the Christian rapper Lecrae? Can I see your hands? Heard of Lecrae? Okay. Um, that's him. We couldn't afford Lecrae. Uh, we tried, but uh, Lecrae uh, uh, wanted more than we could uh, offer him. So instead, we hired the hip-hop artist called LaCole. Do we have LaCole? Oh, there he is. Yeah, there he is. So uh, we've got LaCole instead, and uh, he has prepared for us a hip-hop version of Galatians chapter 5. Here we go, Aaron. Yo, how do we win this war you with can dim the Jesus over my sin nature. He created a new creature. Holy Spirit rule and reign. I don't want to be the same. Paul says in Galatians 5. So I say let the Holy Spirit guide your lives and you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. And these two forces... War. They are constantly fighting each other, so you're not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you're directed by the Spirit, you're not under the obligation to the law. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. I tell you what, this old sin nature, I can't tame this bent or sin, unrestrained, manage my flesh, drown my desire, but Jesus lit me with his fire. So how do we win this war within? It goes like this. Jesus over my sin nature, he created a new creature, Holy Spirit rule and reign, I don't want to be the same. No, I don't. Because Paul goes on to say in Galatians 5, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. There's no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross, crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. This is what I'm going to do. Chase the spirit, not the flesh. Trust his way and bear success. My flesh fought back, but Jesus beat me, welcomed in. I let him lead me. Yo, I want to win the war within. Jesus over my sin nature. He created a new creature. Holy Spirit, rule and reign. I don't want to be the same. Feelings change up like bipolar. I'll let Jesus be controller. Knowing that this war we're in, trusting Jesus, we will win. Now I can win the war within. Jesus over my sin nature. He created a new creature. Holy Spirit rule and reign. I don't want to be the same. Yo, 
chapter 1 and verse 8, Jesus promised, hey, I'm going to send some power your way through the Holy Spirit after I ascend to the Father. And in Acts chapter 2, that's exactly what happens. The Holy Spirit begins the church age, and here's the point. And the very same Holy Spirit that began the church rules and reigns in our lives 2023. The same third person of the Trinity is alive and working in you and me. And, and by the way, that same Holy Spirit literally turned the Roman world upside down. Do you understand that? A bunch of nobodies, unknowns, uh, took the message of Jesus Christ crucified, buried, and risen again, and the gospel of Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit, took a bunch of plain, ordinary unknowns, and it became the most dominant message in all of history. Jesus Christ, I would argue, is the central figure of all of history. And how did that happen? It happened through a bunch of nobodies filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, they changed planet Earth for all of eternity. Now, there's lots of talk about revival. I, I think I've been asked about revival more in the past couple months than maybe in the previous 32 years. seems like everybody wants to talk about revival. I would argue... Today, the central message we're going to talk about today is what revival is all about. It's allowing Jesus and His Spirit to take charge of our lives. And to do that more than once, to do that daily, regularly in our lives. And it starts with one, and then it moves to 120, and then pretty soon it changes the whole world. That, that's revival, y'all. It's when we allow Jesus and His Spirit to daily, over time, fill us and control us and allow His Spirit and His good fruit to splash all over us. Here's what Paul writes, Romans 8, verse 11. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Think about that. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He'll give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. Okay, now just pause. The, the very same 
spirit that empowered Jesus to rise from the dead, where does that spirit live today? Answer? It's not a trick question. Where does it live today? Point. Right here. It lives here. The same, the greatest demonstration of power in all of history, Jesus rising from the dead, Romans 8.11 says, that same spirit lives in you and me. And if you know that and believe it, pretty soon you say, well, why don't we see more of that power going on in our daily lives? How come, how come we, we don't see that power unleashed in 2023 much? Uh, what needs to happen for revival, that happening in 120 and more, what's going to have to happen for that to start right here in Walloon Lake? If you're able, would you stand with me? Let's read out loud. We're going to read uh, starting some verses we read last week. Then we'll move on to the good fruit and uh, remind ourselves of what that looks like. Read with me, would you? So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you're directed by the Spirit, you're not under obligation to the law of Moses. Let's pray. Lord, uh, I'm asking that uh, you'll begin in us, begin in me, a holy passion to see your Spirit alive and working and your good fruit hanging on my life and the lives of the church family here at Walloon. We're ready to respond to you, Lord, and your mighty book. Work powerfully today. We're asking in each and every one of our hearts and our minds and our wills. And all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one united voice, you can be seated. Here's God's will for your life and mine. You ever wonder, what's God's will for me? Okay, here, here it is, verse 16, Galatians 5. God's will is to allow the Holy Spirit to guide us in our everyday lives. That's God's plan for you and for me. And if you do that, then all of the questions that you have daily, they'll get answered. Because you've done the first thing first. When the Spirit of Christ inside of us is controlling us, here's what I know, the old sinful flesh is not in charge. So that's huge. When Jesus is sitting on the throne, when Jesus is driving our, our lives, uh, when Jesus is taking charge, then the old, ugly, sinful, selfish Jeff is not in charge anymore. Last week... We just read these verses. We found that there's a war raging inside of all of us. And either the new Jesus is the dog that we're feeding and saying sick him to, and Jesus is alive 
and His fruit is dripping in our lives, or the old, ugly, sinful, selfish flesh is ruling and reigning in us. And we got this big Rottweiler that we're feeding constantly called the flesh, and we wonder why we struggle with sin. So one or the other is always in charge. God's plan, God's will, is for the Holy Spirit to be calling the shots in our daily lives. Make sense? That's God's will. That's God's plan for you and me. Here's how Paul said it. Ephesians 5, 17 and 18. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Verse 18, don't get drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. God's will, God's plan is as Jesus' followers to continuously, the verb here means to be filled and stay filled continuously again and again and again, controlled by the Holy Spirit that lives inside of all of us who know Jesus personally. The Christian life, mere eyes, lived without the Spirit of Jesus uh, ruling and reigning is nothing more than legalism. Let me say that again. The Christian life lived without Jesus on the throne and the Holy Spirit flowing in us is nothing more than legalism. It's Jeff working things out in his own power. It's Pastor Brandt sweating it out with his own intellect. It's Pastor Chad figuring things out with his own cleverness. That's legalism. That's sanctification by works. Figuring out God's plan for us in our own energy with our own understanding that adds up to nothing. That, that's wood, hay, and stubble stuff. Sadly, many followers of Jesus, I might even say most, instead of being filled and controlled by the Holy Spirit, we try to figure life out with our own ingenuity. Well, we're going to try to out-clever the world and outsmart the world and outpower the world. And, and truthfully, in our own strength, we get run over again and again and again. So, what does it look like when Jesus followers take the time, make the effort to push out our old sinful, selfish flesh off the throne? And by the way, I would argue you've got to do that daily. The, the verses we just read said that. And invite Jesus and His Spirit to sit behind the steering wheel and drive us for, towards His will in our lives. Here's what it looks like. Back to the text, verse 22. When we do that, but the Holy Spirit, it says, Paul writes, produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Here's what you're going to see hanging on your life when Jesus and His Spirit are flowing and reigning. Love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. 
First thing I want you to see, the fruit of the flesh, back up to verse 19, Pastor uh, Brand, I mean LaCole, wrapped about sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envious, drunkenness, wild parties, all that kind of garbage sin. Um, In the Greek, that's plural. Aren't you glad to know that? Uh, And the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, that's singular. So the fruit of the flesh is plural. Fruit of the Holy Spirit is singular. Meaning, okay, catch this, meaning it's possible to practice the fruit of the flesh one or two or three of those 13 or 14 that are listed and not the other ones. So, so you can be envious and... Uh, be a part of jealousy and hostility and not be practicing the other ones. But, track with me now, Holy Spirit, those nine, uh, the fruit of the Spirit is always practiced as a bunch. Bunch of bananas. Uh, All nine fruits are either active and present in our lives or they are missing. That's the idea with the singular there. Meaning, I can never say, well, Jesus filled me with love and peace, Henry, but I didn't have any patience and there's joy that's missing from my life today. No, wrong. If patience is missing today, if joy went on vacation from my life, that means I'm not filled with the Holy Spirit. All nine are present or all nine are absent. When we're connected to Jesus, walking with His Spirit, they're all there or they're all missing. It doesn't mean perhaps one of the fruits uh, doesn't shine brighter than the others, but all of them are present or none of them are present. So, with that in mind, what does the fruit of the Spirit look like in our lives? What should we be looking for? If we want the fruit to be displayed daily, regularly in our lives, then we need to know what we're looking for. So then when it's there, we go, oh, I I get that, okay? So go back with me, verse uh, 22. Let's go through the nine uh, briefly. We'll touch on all nine. But uh, it says the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit, love is the first. Agape. Okay? The love of Jesus sets up camp in a Christian's life when we say, I do by faith to Jesus and the cross and the empty tomb. Agape love is others focused. It's looking out for the other person first and foremost. It's It's looking out for your needs and interests before mine. When I'm thinking, catch this, when I'm thinking, what about me? What about my needs? What about my interests? How come I'm not getting my way? Ding, ding. (laughs) There's no gape going on, okay? So that that can be a question we're we're asking ourselves. uh, When it's about me, 
That's not agape love. Second fruit that we should be looking for, love, joy. Joy is holy hope, holy optimism. Joy is a sense of well-being not dependent on circumstances. Okay? When we're not connected to Jesus, happy rules the day. Here's what I mean. If you want to go out on your boat and it's raining, I'm not happy. Okay? If, uh, if the stock market took a big down, which it did on Friday, happy is missing. If the Wolverines lose to Ohio State, and I'm a Wolverine fan, what, what's going on? I'm not happy. Joy says, track with me now, Jesus, you're on the throne. You have a plan. You have a purpose for my life. I trust you. Fill me with your holy hope, your holy optimism, even on my worst days. That's joy. Fruit number three we should be looking for in our daily lives is peace. Isaiah 9.6 says, Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace. When Jesus is ruling and reigning in our lives, peace, holy calmness, holy shalom rules and reigns over our hearts and our minds. Fourth type of fruit Jesus wants on display is patience. King James Version, patience is what? Long-suffering. It means I'm going to put up with whatever is going on for a long... I'm willing and ready to wait and suffer for a long time. Lord, you bring about your plan. I'm going to hang in there. Uh, Patience is resisting the urge, catch this, of blowing up and venting and exploding on somebody. Patience is allowing the Holy Spirit in us to show grace to others, just as Jesus has been patient and long-suffering with us. Has He not? So that's the idea with patience. Um, The fifth fruit, fruit number five, Jesus Christ wants displayed is kindness. Kindness is gentle. I'm concerned about others. I'm generous. Uh, Living in a blunt, crash, harsh world, kindness is being warm and considerate and caring, powered by the Holy Spirit. Sixth type of fruit that Jesus wants hanging on our, our lives daily is goodness. 1 Corinthians 13 tells us that uh, we should be hoping, believing, praying for the good of those around us. It's believing for the best. And can I just tell you, today's world, we believe and expect the worst. We plan on the worst. Matter of fact, I'm going to get my magnifying glass, Henry, and I'm going to look at you real close, and I can find some flaws. I'm looking for... The mistakes, I'm looking for the shortcomings. Goodness is actively looking for, praying for, expecting and believing the best. That's what goodness is all about. Fruit number seven, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. What's the next one? Faithfulness, loyalty and trustworthiness. 
Okay? Uh, Great is thy, sing it with me, faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Yeah? That's how he treats us. He's faithful. Lord, empower me, Jesus, with your faithfulness to be faithful to you and the leading of your spirit, to be faithful to your inspired book, to be faithful to your church, my spouse, my children, my grandchildren. Lord, help me to be faithful to splash you on everybody you put in my path. That's what faithfulness is all about. Eighth type of fruit Jesus wants displayed in our lives is gentleness. Mark 11.29 says, Jesus was gentle and lowly in spirit. So Jesus uh, was gentle, but I would argue Jesus was no weakling or doormat. He, he wasn't milk toast. Uh, meekness is not weakness. Uh, how many of you have ever ridden a horse? Can I see your hands? Ridden a horse? Yeah. Okay. Big, strong, powerful animals. Matter of fact, uh, we'll put a horse up here, okay? Gentleness is like a powerful horse under the control of a skilled rider who skillfully controls that horse through the bit, okay? When we walk with Jesus and keep our eyes on Jesus and allow the Spirit of Christ to lead and guide us, it's like riding a horse, and it's under the control of the Holy Spirit. It has nothing to do with weakness. Matter of fact, it's power under control. Fruit number nine, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. What's number nine? Self-control is the final fruit that we should be looking for in our daily lives. Self-control is the Holy Spirit inside of us that empowers us first to say no thank you to the fruits of the flesh. 5, 19 to 21. And the Holy Spirit empowers us to say yes to the fruits of the Holy Spirit. It says yes to all of the activity that Jesus wants to do in our lives. Now give me your eyes. Because the unchurched world is waiting and watching for us to start living the fruit of the Spirit in front of them. Okay? Enough of uh, legalism, enough of rules and laws and regulations. The unchurched world is watching us and saying, I, I, I want to see it. I want to see it regularly. You want me to believe in your Jesus? Then show me the fruit. Understand, this is not a suggestion. You know, if, if it's convenient, if it works out, show them a little fruit. Uh, Galatians 5, verse 16 tells us, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. It's a command. Active, daily, continuously, present tense, over and over, command. Ephesians 5, verse 18. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Active, daily, continuously, present tense, 
over and over command. So question, why is there such a fruit shortage? Okay, why, why if there's three, four, five, six, seven, eight hundred of us, nine hundred in the three campuses, why aren't we just raining fruit all over northern Michigan? Why isn't love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self, why isn't Jesus in us so strong that people all over northern Michigan are just coming to faith in Christ? Because they're saying, finally, I'm seeing the real stuff. You showed me the fruit. I believe. Why isn't revival breaking out in the church in 2023? i got an answer. Pull your toes in just a bit, okay? Because I probably am going to step a little hard right now. Okay? Why isn't revival breaking out in the church in 2023? Here's my answer, honest. Because most of us are satisfied with just a small dollop of Jesus. Give, Give me a little Jesus here. Give me a little Jesus there. Just just give me, it's almost like we're at the ice cream store. Just a small little scoop, please. Uh, I, I, I just want a little, you know, and, and we do that occasionally uh, during the week, but mostly it's just, just on Sundays. Um, give, me, give me some Jesus when I feel like it, uh, when it's convenient, uh, when life is going well. Um, then I'll get connected to Jesus and daily allow His Spirit to fill me up with His fruit. Because you know, I'm really busy. i got a lot going on in my life. So we dabble, and we go halfway with Jesus uh, instead of uh, going all the way. We, we're up to our ankles. Hey, I even get up to my knees once in a while. Jesus doesn't really expect me to be all in, does He? I don't even think I'm going to dive in head first because people will think I'm some kind of Jesus freak like I saw in Jesus Revolution. So can't go there. By the way, it's a great movie. You should see it. Here's what Paul writes, Romans 8, 12, and 13. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you'll die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, and that needs to happen daily, you'll live. It's a daily, continuous, active way of life. I really wish I could kill my old sinful nature once for all, and then I never have to think about it. Wouldn't that be great? You know what that's called? Heaven. Okay? You'll you'll be rid of it. I'll be rid of it one day. But in the meantime, you got to keep killing it day after day after day. Okay? Paul is talking to Christians in Galatians and in Romans. Okay? We no longer work for sin and Satan. We no longer are under obligation to the old sinful flesh. We've got a new boss now. Listen. And he's a new owner. Our obligation, our allegiance, our loyalty is now to the one who agapes us. My allegiance now is to King Jesus. 
and he adopted me, and I'm a part of his inheritance. Oh, and by the way, one day I'm going to be with him face to face. New heaven, new earth for all of eternity. So I'm all in. Jesus has empowered us to override, overcome, overpower the old sinful nature in us. And we just read, it's a daily war. It's an active fight going on. So every day, I have to get in the fight, push off the old sinful nature, and keep, Lord, you're the one I want to serve today. You're the one. I want your good fruit. It's not human effort. It's not trying harder. It's not man-made rules and regulations. It's not me never thinking or talking about sin. That really has nothing to do with it. It's remembering, oh yeah, it's Jesus in me and His Spirit inside of me that helps me overpower and overthrow the old sinful, selfish Jeff. Jesus is calling all of us. He's calling His church to active, daily, determined choice to walk with Him. It's a commitment, give me your eyes, to go against the flow and get filled again and again and and just keep on getting, that's a command by the Lord. So here's my question. Aren't you weary of just dabbling with Jesus? Aren't you tired of just going up to your ankles or your knees or even your waist? Aren't you hungry to make Jesus and walking with His Spirit and letting His good fruit hang from your lives the priority and the passion of your life? Did did you know? Give me your eyes. It starts with a decision today, followed up with a commitment tomorrow, followed up with I'm going to keep going on Tuesday, and by God's grace I'm in it to win it on Wednesday, and Thursday, and Friday, and see, it's the power of steady progress moving in Christ's direction. That, that's what it is. It, it's, Holy Spirit, I need you by God's grace. I'm going to head in your direction, and I'm not going to quit for days, or weeks, or months, or years. That's what we're being called for. That, that's what revival is all about it's steady direction lord i'm gonna let you take charge i'm gonna let your spirit flow in my life it's deep abiding commitment to get connected every day to jesus i'm gonna push out the flesh i'm gonna invite you jesus every day to fill and overflow in me some of you you, you've told me i've heard from dozens of you what, what do we got to do to get revival going in, you know? Do we all get on our knees? Do, do we all say the same prayer? Is it, do, we, do we all need to do something special? Yeah, you do. Okay, you ready? Deal quickly with sin in your life. Any known sin, let's repent of sin and let's push off the old flesh, overpower the old sinful nature through the power of Christ, and then invite Jesus and His Spirit to come take charge. And I'm telling you, as one of us makes that choice, 
joined by another, joined by another, and pretty soon you got a fire going. Can I tell you, that's what revival looks like. It's, it's lots of logs on the fire, and pretty soon you got an inferno going. That's what revival is all about. Dealing with sin quickly and honestly, uh, pushing off every day the old sin nature, and every day Jesus come, you take charge. Fill me with your good fruit. And suddenly, revival breaks in. As we close, I just want to wonder, is it just me? Is, is there any of, of you out here? Would, would you say, count me in by God's grace, by God's endurance, by Jesus' power and His Spirit alive in me, I'm ready to dive in. No more dabbling. No more little dollops of Jesus. No more just up to my ankles. How many of you would say, by God's grace, I'm in? Anybody? Or is it just me? Is it just me? Okay. I'm in. I'm in. I'm going to dive in. Sink or swim. I'm diving in. I'm telling you, that's what brings revival. And then tomorrow I get up and I'm, I'm, I'm in it tomorrow on Monday. Okay? That really is where the challenge It's kind of easy when we're here worshiping the Lord all together and encouraging one another. Now Monday I'm all in. And then Tuesday, no, Dick, I'm not stopping. I'm, I'm back in it on Tuesday. I'm in it to win it, whatever it takes. Let's pray. Lord, we realize we can't manufacture or force something. It's your spirit that uh, changes hearts and lives. It's you in us that has changed us. All, all we can do, Lord, is respond to your book and allow you to work powerfully in me. So it starts with one, and we're asking that it would go beyond one, Lord. I, I pray that you might work powerfully in the church family. Work in your church. You've uh, shown such patience and mercy with me, goofy me. Lord, uh, I guess I would say, start with me, um, and, and you spread it as you see fit. You, you, uh, you do a mighty work. We love you, Lord. We're grateful that uh, you love us so much that you put your spirit to seal us, to empower us, to overpower all the ugliness in us and the good fruit you want displayed in us. So do a mighty work, Jesus. We love you. We're grateful that we get to uh, be a part of a family that shares your son, Jesus as ruler and king and Lord. So for Christ's sake we pray these things. Amen.